بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام مبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم جزيلا كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا والمسلمين والمسلمين يقول الإمام المجدد الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في رسالته أعداد المشيح الصلاة ويسن ذكر الله والدعاء والاستغفار عقب الصلاة فيقول استغفر الله ثلاثا ثم يقول اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا إله إلا الله لا نعبد إلا إياه له النعمة وله الفضل وله الثناء الحسن لا إله إلا الله مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد ثم يصبه ويحمد ويكبر كل واحدة ثلاثا وثلاثين ويقول تمام المئة لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ويقول بعد الصلاة الفجر وصلاة المغرب قبل أن يكلم أحدا من الناس اللهم أجرني من النار سبع مرات والإصرار في الدعاء أفضل وكذلك بالدعاء وكذا بالدعاء المأثور ويكون بتأدب وخشوع وحضور قلب ورغبة ورحبة لحديث لا يستجاب الدعاء من قلب غافل ويتوصل بالأسماء والصفات والتوحيد ويتحرى ويتحرى أوقات الإجابة وهي الفرد في الليل الآخر وبين الأذان والإقامة وأدبار الصلاة المكتوبة وآخر ساعة يوم الجمعة وينتدل الإجابة ولا يعجل فيقول قد دعوت قد دعوت فلم يستجب لي ولا يكره أن يخص نفسه إلا في دعاء يؤمن عليه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرره أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد أن محمدًا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله أرسله رحمة للعالمين فبلغ الرسالة وعد الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابة محمد الذين آمنوا به وهاجروا معه وإليه وجاهدوا معه وبعده وحملوا راية الإسلام حتى عما خيرها وفضلها فاللهم ارضى عنهم واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم المقتدين بهم وانفعنا بالاعمال الصالحه وتجاوز عن تقصيرنا يا خير من تجاوز العفو وبعد يقول شيخ الاسلام محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله عليه في رسالته اداب المشي الى الصلاه ويسن ذكر الله والدعاء والاستغفار عقب الصلاة هذه العبادة التي هي أشرف مقامات ابن آدم 
يقف يدخل فيها يناجي الله يكبر الله أكبر إعلانا بأن الله جل وعلا فوق كل شيء وأكبر من كل شيء وهو الكبير المتعال ثم يخاطب ربه يبدأ قبل الخطاب بالثناء عليه بالحمد وصيد الرحمة لأنه غفور الرحيم الرحمن الرحيم وأنه مالك كل شيء ثم بعد هذا الثناء الذي شرعه الله لعباده يخاطب العبد ربه إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين يعني لا نعبد أحدا سواك فلذا يقول رحمة الله عليه يسن ذكر الله والدعاء والاستغفار أول شيء الدعاء عندما يمجد الواحد ربه جل وعلا بأنه الغفور الرحيم الرزاق مفرج الكروبات غافر الذنب هذا الثناء على الله يستلزم الطلب من الله جل وعلا فذكر الله هو الدعاء دعاء العباده واما اذا قال الواحد استغفر الله فهذا دعاء المساله فيسلم ذكر الله حالما يسلم الانسان من اداء هذه الفريضه الكريمه وهذه العباده العظيمه يبادر بعد السلام ان يقول استغفر الله لماذا لان هذا اعلان بانه مهما فعل فهو مقصر العبد مهما عمل من الاعمال فهو لم ياتي بحق الله كاملا وانما ادى ما قدر عليه فيشرع له اذا ادى هذه العباده العظيمه ان يبادر بان يقول استغفر الله ولما سئل الصحابي مقيل له ما معنى استغفر الله ثلاثا قال يقول استغفر الله هذه واحده استغفر الله ثانيه استغفر الله ثالثه يعني كانه ثلاث مرات يؤكد استغفاره لله يطلب منها ان يغفر له تقصيره ثم يقول اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا جلال الاكرام حالما ينتهي من العباده لا يمتن بها يقول انا فعلت وفعلت لا إذا أنت هذه العبادة وسلم قال أستغفر الله يعني ما قدرت الله قدرت الله حق قدره ثم يقول اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام السلام مطلوب من الله هو الذي يسلم العباد وهو السلام جل وعلا وهي من أسمائه تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام من صفاته أنه ذو الجلال العظمة والعلو والهيمن على الخلق والإكرام مع عزه وعظيم جوده وعلوه فهو كريم 
ثم يقول لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير هذه العباده لما ذكر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم شعب الايمان قال الايمان بضع وسبعون شعبه ما هي اعلى شعب الايمان قال لا اله الا الله هذه الكلمه هي اعلى شعب الايمان لانها تنفي الوهيه اي جبار من الجبابره لا لا الوهيه له وانما الالوهيه الحق لله جل وعلا فهي فهي الوهيه له وحده لا يشاركه فيها احد ولذلك تنزه سبحانه ان يكون مع شريك وفي الحديث يقول الله انا اغنى الشرك عن الشرك من عمل عملا اشرك فيه معي غيري تركته فشركه ثم لما يثني على الله لا اله الا الله وحده شريك له له الملك وله الحمد الحمد الشكر الجزيل الجليل العالي وهو على كل شيء قدير كل شيء يمكن ان يقدر عليه فهو القادر عليه قادر على كل شيء انما امره اذا اراد شيئا ان يقول له كن فيقول ثم يقول بعد ذلك لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا إله إلا الله هذه الكلمة سبقا كررت عليكم أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إنها كنز من كنوز الجنة كيف كان عندما يقول العبد لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله يعني يعلن من نفسه أنه مهما كان قوي مهما كان ذا جاه ومكانه مهما كان مهما كان لا حول له ولا قوة إلا بالله الأمر كله لله جل وعلا ولذا سماها النبي كنزا من كنوز الجنة ولذا ينبغي للإنسان أن يحرص على كثرة ذكرها وتصورها ليس من مجرد أن يقولها ينبغي أن يقولها وأن يعتقد أنه لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله يعني من لم يعنه الله فهو ضائع من لم يحفظه الله فهو مضيع ثم يقول لا إله إلا الله يعيد لا نعبد إلا إياه له النعمة وله الفضل وله الثناء الحسن هذه من ما يختص به الله جل وعلا يقول الله وما بكم من نعمه فمن الله الانسان لا يحقق لنفسه ما يريد وانما يحقق لنفسه ما يريد ان اعانه الله ثم يقول لا اله الا الله مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون يعني مخلصين له الدين خاصين ربنا جل وعلا بالدين بالتدين له والتعبد 
ولو كره ولو كره ذلك اعداء الله الكافرون هم اعداء الله جل وعلا ثم يقول بعد هذا الثناء المتوالي بعد الاستغفار بعد اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا جلال يا الكرام الى ان يقول لا اله الا الله مخلصين له الدين ولو كان الكل يقول بعدها اللهم لا مانع لما اعطيت يعني الامر الذي قدر الله انه يصلك يا ابن ادم لا بد ان يصلك ولذلك يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم واعلم ان ما اصابك لم يكن ليخطئك واعلم لو ان البريه اجتمعت على نفعك بشيء لم يكتبه الله لك ما نفعك به ولو اجتمعوا على ان يضروك بشيء ما كتبه الله عليك لم يضروك به لماذا لان الامر كله لله جل وعلا لا مانع لما اعطيت ولا معطي لما ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك جد يعني صاحب الحظ الجد لا ينفع حظ جده من الله الا ان بارك الله له ووفقه ولا ينفع ذا الجد جده وانما ينفع الله جل وعلا ما يعطيه ويسر ولا ينفع ذا الجد يعني صاحب الحظ والمجتهد ايضا في طلب ما يريد لا ينفع ذلك الا اذا كان الله قد خضى له بما يريد ثم يسبح ويحمد ويكبر كل واحده ثلاثه وثلاثين يعني سبحان الله هذه واحده الحمد لله ثانيه الله اكبر ثالثه هذه الجمله المكونه من ثلاث كلمات يقولها ثلاثا وثلاثين مره ثلاثا وثلاثين مضروبه في ثلاث تكون تسعا وتسعين كلمه يعني مئه الا واحد يضيف اليها لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير هذا الدعاء رواه مسلم في صحيحه ورواه غيره ثم نقل رحمه الله عليه ويقول بعد صلاه الفجر وصلاه المغرب قبل ان يتكلم ان يكلم احدا من الناس اللهم اجرني من النار هذا حديث الدعاء يطلب من ربه ان يجيره من النار لكن هل ثبت هذا هذا الحديث تكلم العلماء فيه وذكروا انه ضعيف اذا تعمد الانسان يقوله ظنا منه ان هذا هو المكان المناسب لان جعله بعد المغرب لاستقبال الليل وجعله بعد الفجر لاستقبال النهار لكن في استغفار الانسان لرب لنفسه استغفاره الله لنفسه بعد كل صلاه فيه خير عظيم يقول يسن الاسرار في الدعاء بالدعاء وهو ذلك افضل ما ثبت ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يعلنه فاعلانه هو الافضل 
الاستغفار دعاء عندما تقول استغفر الله يعني تسال ربك ان يغفر لك ولا شك ان هذا دعاء عظيم النبي قاله وسمعه اصحابه فما اعلنه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يسن لنا ان نعلنه وما اسره يسن لنا ان نسره وقد قال عليه الصلاه والسلام صلوا كما رايتموني اصلي يعني في حركاتكم وقيامكم وتكبيركم وقراءتكم وركوعكم وتسبيحكم وغير ذلك احرصوا على ان تعرفوا كيف كان النبي يفعل ثم احرصوا على ان تقتدوا به لقد كان لكم في رسول الله اسوه حسنه يقول وكذا الدعاء وكذا بالدعاء المعذور ويقول يعني الانسان وهو يدعو يدعو بادب وخشوع وتذلل لله جل وعلا والعبد كلما صدق تذلله لربه مخلصا من قلبه كان ذلك احرى بان يحقق الله له ما يطلب وان يصرف الله عنه ما يكره يقول ويتوسل بالاسماء والصفات المقصود بالاسماء اسماء الله والنبي يقول ان الله مئه تسعه وتسعين اسما مئه الا واحد من احصاها دخل الجنه يعني من احصاها بالعمل تقرب الى الله يسال الله اللهم انك انت الغفور الرحيم انت الرزاق ذو القوه المتين انت مفرج الكربات انت مجيب الدعاء يسال ربه جل وعلا بأدب وخشوع واستحيا من الله وحضور قلب ورغبة ورهبة الرغبة يعني يحرص على أن يوطن قلبه على الرغبة في تحقيق ما يريد والرهبة أن يكون خائفا أن تكون له ذنوب غفل عنها ثم لا يستجاب له الدعاء وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رب أشعث أغبر يطيل السفر يرفع يديه ويكرر الطلب يا رب يا رب لكن ما هناك علة قال ومطعم حرام ومشرب حرام وغذي بالحرام فأنا يستجاب لذلك ولهذا الواحد يحتاج الى ان يعتني بمطعمه ومشرب وملبسه ان يكون من كسب حلال ولذلك لما قال سعد بن ابي وقاص للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ادعو الله ان يجعلني مستجاب الدعوه قال له صلى الله عليه وسلم اطب ماكلك تستجاب دعوته لا يعني انك اطب ماكلك كل ألذ الطعام وأشده استجلابا لك وأحسنه مذاقا وما جرعة لا يعني أطب ما لا تأكل إلا مما وثقت بحله 
تستجب دعوته وكان سعد بن ابي وقاص رضي الله عنه مستجاب الدعوه يقول الاسماء والصفات والتوحيد ما معنى التوحيد يعني بانك انت الله الواحد الاحد الذي لا اله الا انت ولا يدفع السيئات الا انت ولا ياتي بالحسنه الا انت يسال ربه بصفات التوحيد بصفات اخلاص العباده له ويتحرى اوقات الاجابه متى اوقات الاجابه اوقات الاجابه ما بين الاذان والاقامه لكن بماذا بان يكون موطن نفسه على انه يتادب بالدعاء ويسال ربه سؤال المفتقر الى عفو ربه جل وعلا وفي اخر الليل ان اخر الليل ينادي الله جل وعلا العباده هل من تائب فاتوب عليه هل من مستغفر فاغفر ذنبه هل من سائل فاعطيه وذلك كل ليله بين الاذان والاقامه بعد الصلوات هذا الذي فرضه الله لنا فعله نبينا صلى الله عليه وسلم استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله عند لما يقول اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام يعني لا يسلمني من الاخطار ولا يسلم لي ما اطلب من الخير الا انت فانت السلام واذكار الصلوات هذه الاذكار لما جاء الفقراء فقراء المهاجرين الى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم والحديث في الصحيح وذكره صاحب الاربعين النوويه في الاربعين قالوا للنبي ذهب اهل الدثور اهل الاموال بالاجور يصلون كما نصلي ويصومون كما نصوم ويتصدقون بفضول اموالهم يعني ما عاد عندنا شيء فقال لهم النبي الا ادلكم بما اذا فعلتموه سبقتم غيركم ولم يلحقكم الا من فعل مثل فعلهم قالوا بلى قال تسبحون الله دبر كل صلاه ثلاثا وثلاثين وتحمدون الله ثلاثا وثلاثين وتكبرون الله ثلاثا وثلاثين هذه تسعين كلمه تسع وتسعين كلمه وتقولون لا اله الا الله تمام المعنى فالذي اخبرهم ان من حافظ على هذه الاذكار حصل على خير كثير سمعهم الاثرياء ففعلوا مثلهم فجاءوا الى النبي وقالوا راى اخواننا اصحاب الدثور الاموال ما فعلنا ففعلوا مثلنا فقال صلى الله عليه وسلم ذلك فضل الله يؤتيه من يشاء يقول وادبر الصلوات واخر ساعه ساعه يوم الجمعه يوم الجمعه يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان فيه ساعه واشار الى انها قليله لا يوافقها عبد المسلم يسال الله شيئا الا اعطاه متى هذه الساعه قيل انها اذا جلس الامام على المنبر وبين يديه المؤذن تلك الساعه هو هي قيل انها اخر ساعه من يوم الجمعه وكل ذلك في الحديث لكن الحديث اللي 
إذا صعد الإمام على المنبر رواه مسلم. والتي آخر ساعة من يوم الجمعة هذا أيضا حديث صحيح وصار جدال بين عبد الله بن سلام أحد أحبار اليهود الذي كان من أول من أسلم في المدينة من اليهود والنبي أخبر أنه من أهل الجنة يقول وينتظر الإجابة ولا يعجل يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يستجاب لأحدكم ما لم يعجل قالوا كيف يعجل يا رسول الله قال يقول قد دعوت ودعوت فلا مرى يستجاب ثم يترخ يعني لا يقول إن الله لا يمل حتى تمل أكثر من الإلحاح ثم إذا لم ترى إجابة فكر في نفسك قد تكون أنت فعلت السبب الذي يحول بينك وبين الإجابة المكاسب وهذا موجود من زمن قديم فكيف بزمن صار باب الربا مفتوح على أكثر الناس فينبغي المسلم أن يكون حذرا وكلما كرر الدعاء قد يستجاب للداعي لكنه ليس الاستجابة أن يحقق له ما أراد لأن الله جل وعلا قد يستجيب لدعاء العبد وهو أعلم بما ينفعه فقد يصرف عنه أمرا لو حدث لأضر به يصرفه بسبب هذا الدعاء يقول وينتظر الإجابة ولا يعجل فيقول قد دعوت ودعوت فلم أرى يستجب لي ولا يكره يقول في آخر هذا الكلمة لا يكره على الواحد أن يحص نفسه بالدعاء لكن إذا كان يعم جماعة أو جلس مع قوم وقالوا علمنا الدعاء أن يدعو لهم جميعا اللهم اغفر لنا جميعا وارحمنا جميعا وعاملنا بعفوك يا حي يا قيوم ارحم ضعفنا واجبر خسرنا وفرج كرباتنا واغفر زلاتنا اما اذا كان يدعو لنفسه منفردا فيقول اللهم اغفر لي وامح خطيئتي واغنني بفضلك عن خلقك ونحو ذلك قال ويكره رفع الصوت الانسان لا يرفع الصوت بحيث انه يشق على نفسه، النبي لما سمعهم يكبرون قال يا ايها الناس انكم لا تدعون اصم ولا غائبا. اربعوا على انفسكم يعني ارفقوا بانفسكم في ادعيتهم واذكارهم. ان الله الذي تدعونه اقرب الى احدكم من حبل الوريد. هو اقرب الينا من كل شيء بالنسبه لقربه لمع سماعه كلامنا الله قال كما تقول عائشه لقد سمع الله قول التي تجادلك في زوجها وتشتكي الى الله تقول ان في الغرفه ويخفى علي بعض كلامهم والله فوق سبع سماوات يسمع كلامه اسال الله جل وعلا باسمائه وصفاته ان يجعل يوفقنا جميعا لما يحب لما يحب ويرضاه ويصرفنا عن كل ما يكره 
لنا ولا يرضاه كما اساله باسمائه السبعه ان يعاملنا بعفوه ويرحم ضعفنا ويجبر كسرنا ويجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن وان يعز الاسلام والمسلمين وان يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وان يحمي حوزه الدين وان يفرج قرابات المقروبين من المسلمين في كل مكان في الشام وفي العراق وفي شرق اسيا وفي غيرها وفي اسيا وفي افريقيا وفي كل مكان يتسلط الكفار او الظالمون على المؤمنين نسالك نسال الله جل وعلا ان يفرج قرباتهم جميعا كما نساله باسمائه وصفاته ان يشفي مرضى المسلمين ويقضي دين المدينين من المسلمين ويفرج القربات ويفك اسرع كل ماسور ظلما من المسلمين لمنه جل وعلا وكرمه كما اساله ان يعاجل اهل الشام بالفرج وينقذهم من طاغيه النصيريه وان يرينا فيه وفي من يعينه في ايران وروسيا والعراق ولبنان ان يرينا فيهم عجائب قدرته كما نساله ان يرينا في القادرين على منع ظلم اولئك القوم ثم لا يفعلون ان يرينا فيهم المذله بمنه وكرمه انه مجيب الدعاء واخر الدعوان عن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد كما اساله جل وعلا باسمائه وصفاته ان يعاجل اهل اليمن بالفرج وخروج مما هم فيه واذلال كل من اراد زرع الفتن في اليمن او اشاعه الرفض فيها ان يرينا فيه عجائب قدرته انه مجيب الدعاء والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد واله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. We seek his assistance and we seek his forgiveness from the evil of our deeds. We bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone and he has no partners. To him is the dominion and the praise and he is able to do all things. And Muhammad وسلم, we bear witness that he is his slave and messenger. He is the one that Allah sent as a mercy to mankind. He gave the message, he fulfilled the trust. <laughs> And he was sincere for the Ummah. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And may Allah be pleased with his companions, those who believed in him and migrated to him and with him and fought during his time and after his time until Islam spread in all parts of the world. <coughs> may Allah be pleased with them and make this from amongst those who love them and follow them. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Rahim Allah Ta'ala mentioned in his treatise, the etiquettes of walking to the prayer, that it is from the sunnah of the prayer that the individual remembers Allah and supplicates to Allah and seeks the forgiveness from Allah at the end of the prayer. And the Shaykh mentioned, when the person is in this worship and the prayer itself is the greatest form of worship, it is the time that the individual is standing in front of his Lord and he enters into the prayer by calling on his Lord. When the individual begins the prayer by saying, Allah is the greatest, he is informing that there is nothing greater than Allah. And then the, individ then the individual begins to speak to his Lord. 
But before he begins to speak to his Lord, he praises him, he glorifies him. He informs that all praise belongs to Allah. And then he mentions the names of Allah, Ar-Rahman, that Allah is the all-forgiving, the all-merciful. And he praises Allah and exalts him by informing that the dominion belongs to Allah and only to Allah. And then after this exaltation and this praise, then the individual begins to seek or he begins to call on his Lord. And he begins to speak to his Lord, Verily, you are the one we worship. Meaning, we do not worship anything other than Allah Azza wa Jal. So this is the greatest form of worship, which is the prayer. Then after that, after the individual finishes the prayer, the individual once again remembers Allah. And that's what the author mentioned. The individual, at the end of the prayer, he remembers Allah. He supplicates, invokes Allah, and he seeks forgiveness. So the shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Now the individual remembers Allah by the names and the attributes of Allah. Allah is the all-forgiving, Allah is the all-merciful, Allah is the provider. Allah is the one to remove the harm. Allah is the one to forgive the sins. And indeed when we call on Allah, or indeed when we mention the names of Allah, then that means that we should call on Allah. And this is the dua of ibadah. When you mention the names of Allah, in fact, you're calling on Allah. So if a person, uh, but, so and he mentioned this previously, that there's two types of dua. There's the dua of ibadah, that's the, the supplication of, of worship, and that's when you mention the names of Allah. And then there's the dua al-mas'ala, that's when you're asking something from Allah. So when you say, astaghfirullah, like what is done at the end of the prayer, you're seeking forgiveness from Allah. Then <coughs> the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned, after the salams, after the person uh, in, finishes the prayer, immediately the person says, Astaghfirullah. And they say this three times. And this is informing, no matter what you have done of your action, you understand and you admit that you are deficient. And you understand and you admit that you have not given Allah His complete right. But you have done that which you are able to do. So you ask Allah Azawajal to forgive you for your deficiency in conducting or uh, your deficiency in the prayer itself. And the reason why it is done three times, as it was mentioned, the question was asked to the companions, why is it done three times? Is because you are making certain that you are seeking the forgiveness of Allah. It's like you're making certain, you're, 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 you're declaring that you're deficient. So you're uh, seeking the forgiveness of Allah because of your deficiency. Then the individual says, Oh Allah, you are the peace and from you is the peace. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, indeed Allah Azawajal is, uh, Allah Azawajal is peace and from him is the peace. So when the individual finishes the prayer, the individual should not immediately uh, say, I, I finished the prayer, it's over, it's, it's done. No, the individual should immediately seek forgiveness from Allah and they should understand that they are deficient and they should understand that they have not given Allah His uh, complete right. 
When you say, oh Allah, you are the peace, meaning there is no one that can save an individual. There's no one that can protect an individual except Allah So from his names and attributes is uh, peace. And ya dhal jalali wal ikram, Allah we exalt Allah. So al jalal is that Allah is the all exalted. So we glorify Allah and we exalt Allah. And we understand that Allah is above all of His creation. Ya dhal jalali wal ikram, al ikram is that Allah is generous. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, when we say, we're calling on Allah, and we know that Allah is the All-Exalted, and He's above His creation. But even though He's the All-Exalted, and He's above His creation, and He has uh, complete uh, ability over His creation, and power over His creation, but with Him having uh, those attributes, Allah Azza is still generous, generous to his creation. And when he said, uh, then after that, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, he is alone and he has no partners. This is from the branches of Iman, that the individual is declaring that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and it is from the highest branches of Iman. As when the Prophet ﷺ was asked about, when the Prophet ﷺ said that Iman is 70 something branches and the highest of them is that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. So when you do that, when you make this declaration, you're informing or you're negating all worship to other than Allah. No matter how high an individual is, no matter how glorious an individual is, the, work, the worship only belongs to Allah. And there is no partners with him. So we are denying that there are any partners coupled with Allah As it came in the hadith of Qudsi, that I am the most self-sufficient from having partners. Anyone who does an action and he couples another individual with me in that action, I abandon him and I abandon the action. Then after that, the individual once again praises Allah by saying to Allah, To Allah is the dominion and to Him belongs the praise. And He is able to do all things. So the individual is praising Allah by informing that the dominion belongs to Him. And likewise, the individual is glorifying Allah and informing that all praise belongs to Allah. And this is the highest level of gratitude that you are informing that all praise belongs to Allah Azza wa Jalla. And verily He is able to do all things. You are declaring that Allah Azza wa Jalla has complete ability over His creation. So the affair with Allah Azza wa Jalla, if He wants it to be, it will be. Then the individual says there is no might, nor cha- there is no change, nor might except with Allah Azza wa Jalla. And we have the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that we've mentioned previously that the Prophet said that this statement, there's no change nor might except with Allah. The Prophet has mentioned that this is from the treasures, the treasures of Jannah. How is it from the treasures of Jannah? Because the individual is informing that no matter how strong he, he becomes, 
no matter what status he has in this life, there is no change, nor might except by way of Allah Azawajal. The affair belongs to Allah. So the Prophet ﷺ described this statement as it is from the treasures of, of Jannah. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so it's very important that we uh, constantly repeat the statements. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. We constantly repeat the statements and we focus on the meaning of the statement. And we implement the belief of this. And we understand that there is no, 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 nothing of benefit can come to us except that Allah has decreed it. And the individual who Allah does not assist, the individual is astray. And the individual who Allah does not protect, the individual will be harmed. And then the individual says, there's no deity of worship, worthy of worship except Allah. We do not worship other than Him, or we do not worship anyone except Him. For Him is the blessings and the bounties. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, this is important for the individual to understand. The blessings and the bounties are from Allah Azza wa Jal. As Allah said, وَمَا بِكُمْ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ فَمِنَ اللَّهِ There is no bounty or blessing except that it comes from Allah. So the individual should reflect over the fact that you cannot bring about anything that you want except if Allah assists you in doing so. And then the individual says, and to him is the complete praise. There is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, sincerely implementing the religion for Allah, even if the disbelievers dislike this. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so we implement the religion sincerely for Allah Azza wa Jal. We practice the religion sincerely for Allah Azza wa Jal. And we worship Allah, even if the disbelievers, the enemies, and they are the disbelievers, he said, the disbelievers, they are the enemies of Allah, even if they dislike this. And then after all of this, no. And then you say, after all of this you say, O oh Allah, there is no one who can prevent that which you have given. And there is no one who can give that which you have prevented. And no one, even if this individual has the highest of status, no one can benefit. The individual, the Afwan, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So we understand the affair is with Allah Azza wa Jal. And nothing can reach you of benefit or harm except that it was decreed by Allah Azza wa Jal. As it was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, and know, he said to his companion, and know that that which has befallen you was not meant to miss you, and that which missed you was not meant to befall you. And if the creation were to come together to benefit you, they would not be able to benefit you except with that which Allah, except with that which Allah has decreed for you. And if the creation was to come together to bring about harm, they would not be able to harm you except with that which Allah has decreed against you. So. The individual understands that there's no benefit or harm except that it was the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. And when you say no one, even if they have the highest of status, can benefit you, you understand, the Shaykh said, you understand that no matter how much status an individual has, no matter how much power an individual has, if Allah Azza wa Jal has written that there is barakat, there will be barakat. And if Allah Azza wa Jal has written that there, Legislated that there will be benefit, there will be benefit. And the individual with status and power, this person cannot benefit you if Allah Azza wa Jal has not decreed it.
then the individual glorifies Allah and praises Allah and makes takbir. All of these are done 33 times. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that this is 33 times. And if they times it by three, it would be 99. So you say these statements 99 times. And the last one is La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahu al-mulku lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir and that's the hundredth time. And the Shaykh mentioned Abiy Allah Ta'ala that this dua is recorded in the Sahih of Imam Muslim and other than him. Then the individual calls on Allah by saying Afwan, then the author Naam, then the author mentioned that after Salat al-Fajr and after Salat al-Maghrib, the individual would, before speaking to anyone, the individual would ask Allah for protection uh, from the hellfire. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that uh, some of the scholars have mentioned or have spoken about uh, the fact that this hadith is not authentic. So if a person, so it is not correct for a person to say it at this time, feeling that it is authentic. But is, it is sufficient enough, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala is sufficient enough that a person seeks forgiveness from Allah Azawajal at the end of the prayer. And indeed, that is something good. Then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentioned from the etiquettes of the dua, is that it should be done silently. And this is better. That's the statement of the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, he commented on that by saying, whenever it is authentically reported that the Prophet ﷺ said something loud, what is better is to say it loud. And whenever it is authentically reported that the Prophet ﷺ said something silently, what is better is that it is said silently. For example, at the end of the prayer, it is authentically reported that the Prophet ﷺ used to say the istighfar loud. Or he used to raise his voice in saying it. So what is correct is that you should raise your voice in saying it. Because the Prophet ﷺ said it loud and the companions heard it. So the fact that they heard it means it should be said loud. And the Prophet and another proof for this to inform that whatever the Prophet said silently, we say silently, and that is better. And whatever the Prophet said loud, we say it loud, and that is better. Is that the Prophet said, Pray as you see me pray. So this is in the actions of the prayer, this is in the standing of the prayer, this is in the recitation of the prayer, this is in the, the movement in the prayer. However the Prophet did it, we did we do it sallallahu. Uh, however the Prophet ﷺ did it, we do it. Because that which is better is that we follow the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ. And this is in accordance with the statement of Allah لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Verily you have in the Messenger of Allah the best example. Then the author mentioned about the dua al-ma'thur. Is that you should supplicate with that which is uh, authentically reported from the Prophet ﷺ. And then he said, you should do it with etiquette, and you should do it with humbleness, and your heart should be present, you should concentrate and focus, and you should supplicate with hope and fear. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, Naam, the individual when they supplicate to Allah, they should be sincere, they should be humble, uh, and this is a, a, more of a reason for the dua to be answered by Allah Azawajal. When you do it with raghba, raghba is that you are certain it will be answered. So you are certain that if you are supplicating to Allah to prevent some harm, Allah would prevent that harm. 
And if you're supplicating to Allah to bring about good, Allah would bring about that good. So with Raghba is that you have hope. And Rahba is that you have fear. Then the Shaykh, uh, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab ta'ala mentioned is that the individual should seek nearness to Allah with his names and his attributes and tawheed. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah ta'ala that the Prophet wasallam said that there are 99 names, Allah has 99 names that if the individual encompasses them in terms of their action and their memorization, that they will enter into paradise. So it is upon an individual to use the names and the attributes of Allah to gain nearness to Allah. The individual says, Oh, the forgiving, forgive me. Oh, the merciful, have mercy, mercy upon me. Oh, the provider, provide for me. Oh, the one who uh, removes the harm, remove the harm from me. So the individual should supplicate to Allah Azawajal with humbleness. And uh, their heart should be present, they should be focused. They should have hope and they should have fear. They should have hope that Allah would definitely bring about what they are supplicating for. And they should have fear that Allah would not answer their supplication because of a sin that the individual is committing. Because of a sin that the individual is committing. And he said the hadith where the Prophet said that there was an individual on a journey and he had, uh, he was. He was, um, uh, this individual had reached a level of, 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 of fatigue because of the long journey. He raised his hands to the sky and he began to call on Allah Azawajal. And Allah Azawajal said, His food, مطعمه حرام, his food is haram, ومشربه haram, his drink is haram, وغذي بالحرام, and he nourished himself with that which was haram. So how can I answer this individual? So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the individual needs to be certain that his provisions are halal. His food, his drink, that which he nourishes himself with. And you had the statement, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned the statement of Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas that he came to the Prophet Sallallahu and said, Ya Rasulullah, make me from amongst the individuals whose supplication is answered. The Prophet ﷺ said, make sure your nourishment, make sure your food and drink is halal and your supplication would be answered. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, this does not mean that your food should be ele- you know, uh, you know, uh, elegant. It doesn't mean that your food should be expensive. It doesn't mean that your food should be tasty. But what is meant is that your food should be halal. And verily, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, he became from amongst the individuals whose supplication was, was answered. And you should supplicate to Allah with tawheed. That you should declare that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone, he has no partners. So you ask Allah with tawheed. Then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentioned that you should supplicate to Allah during the times that more than likely the supplications are answered. And the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, when are these times? From amongst these times is between the Adhan and the Iqamah. And the Shaykh said, but keep in mind, you should supplicate to Allah with etiquettes. You should ask Allah with humbleness. You should turn to Allah with humbleness. Also from the times that supplication is accepted, is during the latter part of the night. And this is the time that Allah calls on His servants. Is there anyone seeking my forgiveness so I can forgive him? Is there anyone seeking my help so I can help him? Is there anyone with a need so I can grant him his need? And likewise, between the adhan and the iqamah, the individual supplicates to Allah Azza wa Jal. 
Then the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that with regards to the supplications, you had the poor uh, individuals who had migrated from Mecca to al Madinah, And they came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, They said that the people of wealth have taken all of the reward. They pray as we pray. They fast as we fast, but they have something extra, and that is they give from the best of their wealth. The Prophet ﷺ said, Should I not inform you of something that if you were to do it, you would precede them? When you finish the prayer, you glorify Allah uh, 33 times, you say uh, Alhamdulillah 33 times, you say Allahu Akbar 33 times, and if you do so, you would be better than those individuals. So they went and they began to do so. But then the rich people heard of this and they began to do so. So the people, the poor people, they came to the Prophet, they once again approached the Prophet and complained that the rich people, our brothers from amongst the rich people, they heard what you said and they began to do it. So now they are still better than us. Then the Prophet said, That is the bounties of Allah, He gives it to whom He wills. Also from the times that the supplications are accepted as Yawm al-Jum'ah. The Prophet ﷺ said there is a time, there was a short period of time on the day, on Friday, that an individual, if they are asking Allah something during this time, it would be answered. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, when is that time? There's two statements about that time. The first is that when the Imam sits down, when the Imam enters into, when the Imam uh, gets on the minbar, and he sits down, and the Mu'addin is calling the Adhan, for the beginning of the khutbah. One of, some of the scholars say it is that time, and others say it is the last hour on Friday before the setting of the sun. And the statement of the Imam sitting on the minbar that is reported in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. And with regards to the other, the last hour on Friday, that is in the hadith of Abdullah bin Salam, who was a Jewish rabbi, and he was the, uh, one of the last, in, or he was one of the first person one of the first people to enter into Islam when the Prophet ﷺ uh, arrived in Medina and the Prophet ﷺ informed that he is from the people of Jannah. Then from the etiquettes of the, of the supplication is that you do not rush. The individual should not say, I have called, I have called, I have invoked Allah, I have invoked Allah, and I have not been answered. The individual should not do this. The individual should continue to supplicate to Allah and Allah will not stop answering you until you stop supplicating to Him. And... Likewise, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the individual should also reflect over the fact that maybe there is something which is hindering your supplication from being accepted, supplication from being answered. Maybe there's something which is hindering. Uh, maybe you are the reason. He said, maybe you are the reason why the supplication is not being answered. And he said, um, for example, an individual thinking about their, their provisions, are the provisions halal? Because verily he said today, that many people are afflicted with the calamity of, of interest. And this is something which would prevent the supplication from, from being accepted. So the individual should not say, I have supplicated, I have supplicated. No, the individual should have certainty that Allah will answer the supplication. Likewise, the individual should understand that it's possible that he is supplicating for something, but Allah knows that it is something which is harmful to him. So Allah, instead of answering the supplication, Allah prevents the harm from coming to him by not answering the supplication. 
Then the author rahimahullah ta'ala mentions that it is not uh, disliked that the person specifies a dua for himself. The shaykh said, Habib Allah ta'ala. Naam, it is not disliked that the person does so. But if the person is leading the prayer, or if they're sitting in a gathering that other people are listening, then the person should make a general dua. They should not make a specific dua. They should say, Oh Allah, forgive all of us. Oh Allah, strengthen all of us. Oh Allah, have mercy upon all of us. If you're, in, uh, if you're leading the prayer, or if you're sitting in a gathering where others can hear the supplication. But if you're alone, you can say, Oh Allah, forgive me. Oh Allah, have mercy upon me. And the likes. Also from the etiquette of dua is that you do not raise your voice to the point where you harm yourself. It took place that the Prophet ﷺ heard the companions raising their voice in dua and the Prophet ﷺ said, take, relax, take your time. For verily you are not supplicating to one who cannot hear, nor are you supplicating to one who is absent. Verily Allah is closer to you than the straps, the straps on your sandals. And also in the hadith of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, where she said that when the woman came to the Prophet ﷺ and she complained to the Prophet, and Aisha said, I was in the same room, and some of her statements I could not hear, and some of her statements I could hear, and Allah Azawajal above the seven heavens, Allah heard everything the female said. So the Shaykh Habib Allah ta'ala closed by saying, ask Allah Azawajal with his names and attributes to uh, make us now, we ask Allah Azawajal with His names and His attributes to be pleased with us. And we ask Allah Azawajal to prevent all harm from afflicting us. And we ask Allah Azawajal to have mercy upon us. And we ask Allah Azawajal to strengthen those who are weak. And we ask Allah to protect us from all types of fitna. And we ask Allah Azawajal to uh, raise and glorify Islam and to, to debase the kufr and the disbelief. And we ask Allah to remove the harm of the people in Syria and the people in Iraq and the people in Asia, and the people in, Af in Africa, and all parts of the lands where the Kufar, have, the kufar and the, the oppressors have uh, wronged the Muslims. And we ask Allah to, to uh, assist all of the Muslims, and to cure those who are sick from amongst us, and to uh, remove the, the debt of the person who has a debt from amongst the Muslims, and to remove the trials and afflictions of the people of Syria, and we ask Allah to debase and destroy the, the Nusayriya and those who support them from amongst the, the, gov the, the governments of Russia and the likes. And we ask Allah to harm or to uh, punish those who have the ability to prevent this harm, but they do nothing to do so. Uh, no, they do nothing to uh, prevent this harm. And we ask Allah to give ease to the people of Yemen and to remove the harm and the affliction that has occurred in that country. Uh, and we ask Allah to punish anyone who seeks to uh, bring more fitna to that country. Verily Allah is the one to answer the supplication. And our last supplication is all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and may the peace and blessings be upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and his companions and family members. يقول السائل أحسن الله إليك هل يجوز للمسلم أن يدعو أثناء جلوس الإمام على المنبر يوم الجمعة؟
يجوز له أن يدعو والإمام جالس على المنبر يعني قبل أن يبدأ بالخطبة كذلك إذا سكت الإمام من الخطبة الأولى جاز للمأموم أيضا أن يدعو أما إذا كان الإمام يخطب خطبة الجمعة خطبة الجمعة فممنوع أن الإنسان يتكلم بشيء خارج استماع الخطبة. On the day of on Friday, the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. It's permissible for the person to supplicate while the Imam is sitting before he begins the, the, the khutbah, the sermon. And likewise, it's permissible for the individual to supplicate while he's sitting in between the two khutbahs, between the two sermons. Uh, but that which is not permissible for the individual to supplicate nor to speak is while the Imam is giving the khutbah, while the Imam is giving the sermon, it is not. permissible then the question is, is it permissible or is it uh, correct for the individual to raise his hands uh, while the imam is sitting down between the two sermons? Is it correct for the individual to raise his hands while he's supplicating? And the shaykh mentioned Adiba Allah it's no problem that the individual raises his hand. Uh, but once the imam begins to give the sermon, then the person should not do so. يقول السائل أحسن الله عليك إذا أدركت الصلاة مع الإمام مسبوقا بعد تسليمه فإذا سجد للسهو فهل أتابعه بذلك أو أو أصلي منفردا؟ المأموم يتابع الإمام بما في ذلك سجود السهو ولو كان المأموم ما دخل في الصلاة إلا بعد ما انتهت الركعات في التشهد فإنه يتابع الإمام حتى في سجود السهو. أحسن الله إليك. The individual is asking uh, if I came, if I caught the congregation at the end of the prayer and uh, I joined the congregation and the Imam prostrated for forgetfulness. Should I follow him or should I pray by myself? The Sheikh mentioned that the person who is being led in the congregation, even if you caught the end of the prayer, yani you caught the, you, you entered the congregation even after all of the, the, the units of the prayer. So you caught the congregation at the end. You, the person who is being led in prayer should follow the Imam. The person who is being led in prayer should follow the Imam even if he entered the prayer at the end. يقول السائل أحسن الله إليك حل الترتيب في الأذكار عقب الصلاة بعد اللهم أنت السلام 
هل الترتيب يؤثر او جاز للداعي ان يؤخر او يقدم هذا على ذاك؟ الافضل ان يحسن الاقتداء بما فعله النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حال ما يسلم يقول استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله ثلاثا ثم يقول اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام الى اخره لكن لو فرض انه اخر شيء على شيء لا يضر الا انه كلما كان اشبه بفعل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في القول وهذا كان الاجر باذن الله اكبر. Accurately follows the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The individual says the tasneem, and after the tasneem, they says they say astaghfirullah uh, three times, and then after Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam to the end. But if it took place that an individual uh, uh, wasn't accurate in the order of these different supplications, then there's no harm in it. يقول السؤال أحسن عليك ابني آه ابني عمره آه سنتان يعني بلغ من العمر سنتان وحين يأتي أو حين يأتي وقت الصلاة وأحتاج إلى الذهاب إلى المسجد آه وأذهب مثلا إذا ذهبت إلى المسجد معه آه يكثر آه يكثر اللعب في المسجد ورفع الصوت فهل يجوز لي أن أصلي في البيت نظرا لأنه لا يوجد من يحافظ عليه غيري يعني لا يوجد في البيت من يحافظ اذا كان لا يفسد شيئا في المسجد وانما مجرد حركه ولا يتاذى الناس فلا حرج عليك نعم no. the individuals saying عفوا the person asked my son is two years old and when it comes the time for prayer and I should go to the masjid and I take him with me He plays a lot and he raises his voice. Is it permissible for me to pray in the home because there's no one else to uh, protect him or to uh, monitor him when I go? The Sheikh mentioned Ali If he does not destroy anything in the masjid uh, and he does not harm the people in the masjid, but he moves around a lot, then it's no. You should continue, and it is no problem in taking him to the masjid. هذا يسأل حبيبكم الله تعالى عن صفة رفع اليدين أثناء الدعاء رفع اليدين أولا لا يتخلف برفعها ثم لا يرفع رأسه للسماء ينظر للسماء وهو يدعو وإنما يشتغل بالتذلل وإظهار الحاجة والضعف بين يديه الله ورفعهما أن يضم يديه على اثنتين الكفتان أمام وجهه ويدعو لا يرفعهم رفعا عالي ولا يحفظهما خفضا كأن أنه ما يحمله من شيء وإنما يجعلهما أمام وجهه 
The individual is asking for the description. How do you raise your hands when you supplicate? The Shaykh mentioned, you should not cause difficulty upon yourself. You should not raise them very high, uh, like high above your head and the likes. And likewise, you should not look at the sky when you supplicate. You should not look at the sky. But rather, you should humble yourself. You should humble yourself and you should uh, supplicate in, in, a, in a humble uh, manner. And uh, the individual should show to Allah that they are in need. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala showed with his hands. And that was by putting your hands together, opening your hands and putting them together. And they should be uh, in front of your face. They shouldn't be very high, nor should they be very low. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى هل من السنة تكرار الدعاء ثلاث مرات؟ كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يحرص على تكرير الدعاء ثلاث مرات وإرشاد الناس بثلاث مرات حتى يفهم الإنسان ما يسمع ويفهم أيضا ما قد طلب إذا فعل ذلك فحسن لكن لو لم يفعل قال اللهم اغفر لي وارحمني وتجاوز عني وسرد فلا حرج عليه المهم أن يكون في تصرفه لا يتكلف تكلفا يظهر فيه التشدد في إيجاد ذلك العمل Individuals asking, um, should the person supplicate three times? Should they repeat the supplication that they make three times? The Shaykh Muhammad that it was uh, the way of the Prophet to supplicate three times. And he instructed the people to do so. And this is so that the person reflects over what they're saying. But if the person did not do so, if they did not repeat the supplication three times, it's, 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 it's no problem. The person said, Oh Allah, forgive me, oh Allah, have mercy upon me. And they continue to do so without repeating the same dua. There's no harm in them doing so. But the person shouldn't be so strong, uh, like, like angry in, when, they, when they're making the supplication. ذكر أنه إذا كبر ثلاثا وثلاثين مرة كل مرة ثلاث صارت تسعة وتسعين يأتي بلا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير هذا تكملة المئة فبأي شيء فعل في هذه الأذكار فلا حرج في ذلك uh, the individual is asking, uh, you mentioned that the tasbih, subhanAllah, is 33 times, the tahmeek, alhamdulillah, is 33 times, and the takbir, Allahu Akbar, is 33 times, and then, uh, so the person's asking, so that's the 99 times. Does the person say the takbir 34 times to complete 100? 
The Shaykh mentioned Allah Ta'ala that that is authentically reported. That is authentically reported in an authentic hadith that the tasbih is 33, the tahmid is 33, and the takbir is 34. But there's another hadith in Sahih Muslim, which is also authentic, where it said, once the person says the takbir 33 times, then the hundredth time is La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin kadir. So whatever the individual does, whether this whether the takbir 34 times or whether the takbir 33 times and then la ilaha illallah the 100th time, then it is accepted. يقول السائل أحسن الله عليك إذا أدركت إذا دخلت المسجد ورأيت الإمام يصلي وبجنبه شخص واحد فأين أقف هل أقف على جنب هذا الشخص أو أدفع الإمام أو أجلب الشخص أحسن أن تكبر خلف الإمام إذا كان المكان يتسع لأن يكون إمام وخلفه أناس فتكبر ثم تدفع الإمام ليتقدم فإن كان المكان ضيق لا يتسع لإمام وصفا خلفه فأنت صف بجنب من على يمين الإمام. أحسن الله إليك. The individual is asking if I enter into the masjid and I see the imam praying with one person on the right, where do I stand and what do I do? The Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, what's best is that you make your takbir behind the imam and you push him forward. So if there's space, if there's space. So he said you would push the imam forward and you would line up with the individual that was beside him. That is if there is space. But if there is no space for the imam to move forward, then you would stand to the right of the individual that was praying behind or that was praying beside the imam. يقول السائل أحسن الله عليك لإبعاد الشياطين عن البيت هل الأفضل أن يقرأ أو يقرأ المرء سورة البقر جملة سورة البقرة جملة واحدة أو يمكن أن يقرأها في عدة جلسات حسب ما تيسر له لا شك أن تكرار قراءة سورة البقرة في المنزل من أعظم أسباب طرد الشياطين ذكر أنها لا تستطيعها البطلة الشياطين. أحسن الله إليك. The individual is asking to prevent the shayateen from the home, to remove them from the home. Is it better that the individual recites Surah Al-Baqarah one time in one sit down, or should, or is it okay for them to recite it on many occasions? And it, to complete it. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's according to that which is easy for you. There's no doubt that reciting Surah Al-Baqarah over and over in the home is something, is one of the greatest means of uh, uh, removing the shayateen from your home because it is mentioned that they cannot bear the recit, even the, the, the strongest of the shayateen, they cannot bear the recitation of the surah.
يقول السائل حفيظكم الله تعالى ما حكم تخفيف اللهية؟ من خفف اللحية فإنه لم يعمل بقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أعفو اللحى لكن من يريد أن يقصد السنة فليتقيد بما دلت عليه السنة وأما التحفيف فهو للتهذيب والمظهر الذي يعجب الناس asking what's the ruling of uh, trimming the beard in a shaykh trimming the beard the person who would like to trim the beard they have not acted in accordance with the statement of the prophet leave the beard so if the person wants to implement the way of the prophet they should leave it and this is uh, what is done by the people of trimming it and you know, shaping it and the likes of that, you're doing it to please the people. You're doing it to impress the people. يقول السائل حفيفكم الله تعالى هل يجوز للمصلي أن يذكر الله خارج المسجد يعني عقب الصلاة أو هل الأفضل أن يذكر الله وهو داخل المسجد؟ الذكر كله خير إذا كان يقصد الأذكار التي يقولها قبل الصلاة فليذكر الله وهو في الطريق وعند دخول المسجد يسمى الله ويذكر أيضا وإن كان لا يقصد الأذكار التي يقولها بعد الصلاة إن أمكن أن يقولها وهم في مجلس أدائه للصلاة فهذا مواصلة لهذا العمل الكريم الشريف في أشرف الأماكن لكن لو فرض أنه مستعجل ولما انتهى من الصلاة يريد أن يقضي حاجة يذهب إليها ويريد أن يؤدي هذه الأذكار يؤديها ولو كان سائرا ولا حرج التيسير مطلوب والكمال كلما كان الإنسان أكثر تفريغا لنفسه في أداء العبادة كان أفضل. The individual is asking: Is it permissible for a person to the, the supplications after after they leave the masjid to continue their supplication, or is it better that they remain in the masjid to do their supplication and du'a? The Shaykh Mujahid Abi Balatala, remembrance of Allah, all of it is good. But if what is intended is the remembrance of Allah before entering into the masjid, before the prayer, then the person of course can say that before they enter into the masjid. But if what is intended by the question is the supplication that is done after the prayer, if the person has the ability to do this supplication and remembrance of Allah immediately after prayer, this is better. Because they're doing it in the best place. And that is the masjid. But if the person is in a rush, they have a need, uh, and the person uh, doesn't have the ability, then the person can do it when they leave the masjid and there's no problem in them doing, doing so. It is, what is upon them is to, to have ease. But that which is better is that the person is more focused when they make the supplication.
كثير اللي ما الواقع بالنسبة للحاء من المؤسف المحزن أن تجد من يحمل العلم من بعض المسلمين لا يتقيد بآداب العلم المتلقى عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ثم نرى بعض من يكون من النصارى ناصبا نفسه انه قدوه تجد انه يعتني به اعفاء لحيته وهذا في نصارى العرب واهل العلم من العرب هم اكثر من يكون في هذه المخالفه النصراني كبابا كنيسة مصر الذي مات والذي قائم يحرص على بقاء اللحية وتجد علماء كثيرين للأسف لا تعرف أن الواحد من أهل العلم إذا نظرت إلى وجهه وقد تعرف أنه من أهل العلم إذا ما يتحدث وأما دلائل العلم التي هي امتثال أمر الله وأمر رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم تجدها مفقوده فنسال الله ان يهدي افضل المسلمين في كل مكان ويصلح حالهم انه مجيب الدعاء كما اسال الله باسمائه وصفاته ان يجعلنا جميعا في هذا المكان مؤدين عملا يرضاه الله جل وعلا ويثيبنا عليه كما اساله باسمائه وصفاته ان يصلح حالنا ويعاملنا بعفوه ولطفه ويصلح أحالنا ومآلنا وأن ينصر الحق وأهله وأن يضل الباطل وأهله إنه مجيب الدعاء صلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. The Sheikh حفيظ الله تعالى continued about the affair of the beard and he mentioned from that which is sad and depressing is that you have people from the people individuals who claim to be from the people of knowledge but they do not implement the etiquettes of the people of knowledge and they do not implement that which has been instructed by the Prophet And likewise you have individuals from amongst the disbelievers, from amongst the Christians and the Catholics. You find that they, uh, they leave their beard. For example, you have uh, Arab Christians and Arab Catholics for example, the, the, their, their leaders or their, their, uh, like their popes and their, their monks in, in Egypt, the one that has passed away and the one that is present now, you find that they, they leave their beard and they don't trim it and the likes. But then you have some individuals who are scholars uh, from amongst the Muslims, and these individuals, you would never know that they were Islamic scholars by their appearance. You only know once they begin to talk. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So this is something which is, is a major deficiency. We ask Allah to correct their affair. Then he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. We ask Allah to correct our affair and to allow us to do actions which are pleasing to him and to reward us in those actions. And we ask Allah Azawajal to have mercy upon us or to, have, to forgive us. And we ask Allah Azawajal to have mercy upon our, or to correct and rectify our present affair and our hereafter. 
and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to protect us from all harm and the last supplication is all praise be to Allah the Lord of the world and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions and family members.